0: Green Room On Air. Green Room On Air. The podcast is a you beyond the velvet curtains and into the pulsating heart of the entertaining world. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for showing up. And this is your host, Ray Renati. We have a great guest today. Her name is Sarah Toby Moore. And I can't wait to get to her. But first, let me update you about my weekend Ah boy, I went to Yosemite last weekend and tried to uh, climb to the top of Half Dome for the second time. I did it nine months ago, but this time I went with a friend of mine, as I mentioned last week, and I made it to uh, the bottom of the Sub Dome, which is this granite dome and slab just before you get to the, uh, the actual Half Dome where you pull yourself up on some cables and I was feeling kind of sick. I think I was dehydrated. I don't think I drank enough water the day before and that morning, and I was dizzy, and I felt cold, and I was having some vision issues, and I couldn't balance, and I made the decision to turn around and go home. Boy, that was tough, because I've been looking forward to this. It was disappointing. At first, I was all sad and kind of giving myself a hard time, but then I realized, hey, I gave it my best shot. One thing I learned is I got to get a knee replacement. My right knee is just shot. When I tried to come down the steps on the Mist Trail, which is a trail that leads to Vernal Falls and also back to the valley, it was soaking wet and there was huge wind. And the waterfall was blowing on the trail. And uh, coming down Nevada Falls and Vernal Falls... I have the hardest time going down these really steep granite steps, and it's actually kind of dangerous. So I'm going to be looking for a a doc to give me a knee replacement. Knee replacement, man, 61 years old. Here I am looking forward to a knee replacement, maybe a second one. I don't know. I just don't know. But I'll tell you right now, Yosemite is just beautiful. We had so much rain and snow this year that the rivers are packed and the waterfalls are <laughs> surreal. Yosemite Falls, Vernal Falls, Nevada Falls, Bridal vale Falls, raging. The only bad thing is, is Yosemite is packed with human chimps, human beings, the naked apes, hairless apes walking around checking things out. But it was fun. Boy, we had some great food, some great hiking, some great uh, laughing and joking, and it was a good time. All right. On this episode, we have a very special guest, Sarah Toby moore Sarah is a queer, non-binary, San Francisco-based clown, actor, drag artist, director, and filmmaker. Sarah has been creating and performing cutting-edge work for over 35 years, combining queer theater, physical theater, and circus arts. I'm thrilled to announce that Sarah Toby Moore will be premiering their new show, Atomic Comic, a human cartoon fantasia. This will be at Z Space from June 30th to July 8th, 2023. This show... Is a celebration of both queerness and physical comedy, featuring Sarah Toby Moore as the star and writer, Sean Owens as the director, and special video guest star Sharon Gless of Cagney and Lacey fame. Now, this is a limited engagement of five performances only, so don't miss this chance to see this amazing show live on stage. You can get your tickets at zspace.org or by calling 415 626 zero four five three that's zspace.org zspace.org or four one five six two six zero four five three all right and now without any further hatchu i bring you sarah toby moore I'm so glad you could uh, do this. This is fun. It's great to
1: see you again. I know. It's good to see you, too. I think the last time I saw you, Ray, had to be at some opening of some show. I I hope it wasn't as long ago as the Supers, which was, you know, February of 2020. I I think it was. God. Colin had directed that, I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Clown (laughs) opera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um well let's uh, I guess we'll 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 start. <laughs> I'll just ask you some questions and <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah. I'll ask you yeah. some questions too. Good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh well, why don't you just start off telling us about uh the the new play that you have, Atomic Comic. Is that that's the name of it, right? Atomic Comic yeah, the Human Cartoon Fantasia.
1: There it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a kind of a You know, it's a really, dare I say this, a kind of new form of theater that marries together, you know, traditional uh, theater narrative with um, really combustible physical comedy. And so, you know, there's an old saying I remember when I was a young drama student that you're not supposed to mix farce with drama. And guess what? That's all we're doing. Um, (laughs) But it's not farce, it's just high physical comedy. Because what I'm really interested in is sort of the expansion of... um, of clowning, you know, American clowning and moving it into this sort of direction of being able to tell stories physically and with uh, all kinds of weird diegetic sound and um, where you sort of take the audience into, a it's almost like a, a clown dream sequence, you know, it's a, it's a high-end physical comedy dream sequence. So a lot of the show is that, but it's very grounded too. We take you back to reality and then we blast you off into these fantastical sequences that sort of tell the story in a different way, you know, mm-hmm. cartoon to more cartoon dimensions. So it's okay. interesting stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're blending you're blending sort of serious drama with this high sort of comic thing that's very yeah. physical and clown. Uh, I personally love that. Um, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I there's a TV show called Barry. I don't know if you've seen it on HBO. Yes. Okay, and the America. last season was a lot of that. Um. And my wife hated it (laughs) because uh, it sort of blended, you know, that drama with this strange physicalized bizarreness. I absolutely loved it, but she, I think it's just, you know, it depends on your own, um, aesthetic i suppose well it does i mean i
1: remember you know my family's favorite movie overall is it's a mad 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 world yeah um and for good reason because i mean every major comedian in the early 1960s was in that film and all of them were being directed to be as loud and big and ridiculous as they could possibly be. And there are some people who can't take that. They're just like, oh, this is ridiculous. And yeah. there's other people like probably you and I that we lean into that and go, yeah. Like I yes. want to see Ethel Merman scream and tell someone to shut up and do a handstand in a moving car. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. You
0: know. I mean, one of my favorite things to watch when I was a kid was I, my grandmother and I would watch the Mike Douglas show. And uh-huh. one of my favorite things was Ethel Merman she was on a lot. And she'd be in the little studio there belting, you know, <laughs> some Sondheim tune as if she were in a, a 2000 seat theater. And it was so absurd and weird. And I we love I loved it. Um, anyway, yeah. I love that stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when you think cool. about it, like when we were kids, what did we do? We watched Saturday morning cartoons. Right. Yeah. And I remember that was my first introduction to what I wanted to do and who I believed I was, and there's a line in my, there's a dialogue in Atomic Comic, where the three, the three of us, the three comic slash clowns are talking on a train at night, and we're talking about why we do this and how we were drawn to it, and there's a line where one of the guys says to me, Toby. Do that little creature. Remember that psychic in Petaluma told you you have a little creature in you that's like this strange little mischievous creature, and it's true. I did have a psychic tell me that that I had this little creature with levers going (laughs) (laughs) that was up to no good. And I think, see, everybody has that little creature in them when we're little children, and then as we grow older, it's drummed out of us. We're told over and over, "Don't do that," or "Get off the couch," playing so hard, "Don't climb on that," and so we learn, you know, adulting before we need to learn adulting, and that little creature is often quashed or driven out entirely. And I feel like part of my life's mission is to bring that little creature back to life in everybody. Because what's the point of life if you can't play and you can't find the humor, the everyday physical comedy in everything? Because, you know, beating a bowl of cereal is funny. You know, waiting in a waiting room is funny. You know, you see people in their natural human clumsiness all all the time all over the city, and you know, I find it charming. We try to be cool, we try to be slick. we're not humans are not <laughs> we're and so amplifying that is the job of the clown and the atomic comic. That's the job is we amplify that and then tell stories that way.
0: neat <laughs> I love that. I love that, you know uh, there's a, a I'm doing it again, but there was a there's a TV show called Chimp Empire on Netflix now, and it it. it it examines a troop of chimps up close they were allowed to get the cameras real close to the chimp because the chimps are so used to people and scientists watching them that didn't bother them and um and now whenever i'm with my wife anywhere i say look at all the chimps and now they're (laughs) trying and i realize we're all just we're just like hairless uncoordinated chimps
1: (laughs) we really are Uh, a friend of mine had this um uh my my dear friend Stephen sorrentino who's a, a, a kind of a pretty well-known uh, comic performer and um who has done shows in vegas and atlantic city he's one of those guys but he came up with this concept of chimp mom disorder which <laughs> is very funny where you know when your mom's yelling you get off the couch and stop doing that and you put the dishes away and then they become chips you know so i thought that was very funny because it we is we are we are like, like them and they're like us and um uh it's kind of fascinating when you think about all the you know i mean i watch dog and cat videos all day as much as (laughs) i can because i love seeing people interacting with their animals because um you know there's some serious similarity there you know yeah yeah people are like their cats and they are like their dogs so Uh, what
0: was the inspiration for you to, to create this
1: well, I think you know, I I went through a spate of really bad stuff um, back in 2017. That all everything sort of went wrong, and it got so wrong that I just was like, "Well, this is kind of funny." You know how bad this is. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I come yeah. from a very uh, sort of comic household. Uh, my parents were were both very ridiculous, funny people, and they loved throwing parties and they were goofballs. And so, you know, um, I I inherited, I think, luckily, an ability to turn. The worst stuff into comedy um, and to find those moments you know where everything's going to hell, but you suddenly go, Well, okay, here it is where's the joke? <laughs> so I took all that stuff and just said well i'm gonna i'm gonna write a show about it because um you know t- as, as the saying goes, today's tragedy is tomorrow's comedy um and I wanted to sort of gift it to myself and to the audience. But, you know, there's always a way through. Um, there's always a way through. And, uh, and you know, uh, it, when you're going through hell, keep going and find a way to keep laughing about it. So I think in a way, I just it was a purge. And it was also uh, it was also a, an exploration of my own uh, love of physical comedy and how I could turn all that tragic stuff into stuff that was very amplified and funny. And like, it's, it's, it's my, it's my testimonial to heffalumps and woozles, you know, the world <laughs> of heffalumps and woozles, you know, where, you know, Winnie the Pooh is really scared. It's a scary thing, but it's also really funny. Mm-hmm. So that was my impetus. I wanted to find the tragic and the funny and vice versa.
0: Well, during these uh, troubled times that we have, I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, a and- well, little
1: did I know Ray, you know, back then when, my dad died, my relationship crashed, and I got cancer. All of mm. these things I recovered from, maybe the least of it being the loss of my beautiful dad. But within that time frame now, I did the original version of this in 2019. Now, since then, I've lost my mom. My mom died at the top of COVID. And, um, and so I kind of folded that into the story. I'm like, well, OK, mom, I'm sorry you had to go. But now, like Nora Ephron said, you're copy your copy and you're going into the play.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. I know that's hard. Yeah, my parents are getting up there too. Um so how did you find the in, the courage to embrace difficult topics like this, you know, the loss of a parent? surviving cancer. I know sometimes like uh, you say things uh, when you're when you're entertaining or or whatever and you're like, "Oh my god, why did I do that? How do you how did you find the courage to do this and be so vulnerable and open?"
1: Well, no that's a really sweet question, Ray. I I think I mean, I've never I've never been able to be anything but transparent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a terrible <laughs> poker player. Everybody knows what I'm thinking either from the tone in my voice or the look on my face. I can't hide anything. And again, I was I was very, very lucky to be raised by uh, two people who encouraged me to run flailing through the house and screaming and jumping off of things. And um, I started acting as a young kid. So when you start acting really at a young age, you learn how to parlay your vulnerability into creating a character and sharing those emotions through the character to the audience. So I've been doing this for, gosh, almost 50 years now. So I see. I think it's, I think it's just, it's, it's just something I've always done Mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for it because I think it, it seems to be working out. I mean, maybe not financially, but for the most (laughs) part, artistically, it's been working out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you're in the San Francisco Bay area, you can just pretty much write off anything working out financially. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in terms of this industry, (laughs) unless you're like a newscaster or something. Um, Yeah. yeah. So uh, you have a, really talented
1: cast, it oh, looks like. Oh, they're unbelievable. Like. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about me anymore. We should talk about them. Okay. I mean, they're incredible. They are the, I, I just said this morning to my co-producer, Annie Stewart, I said, this is the best physical comedy I've ever done in my entire career. And that is saying something. Um, the two guys that I'm that are my sort of cohort, they're my fellow clowns or co- atomic comics in the show, are DiMarcello Funes and uh, Colin Johnson, both of whom... Came to this came to this work in very different ways. Di Marcello, um, who's known as Cello, is truly a brilliant young guy. He's um, came up in the Prescott Circus in Oakland, went to the Oakland School for the Arts, um, and and since he was a little kid, he's been doing he's doing what I did. Like he's just he grew up doing theater and doing circus and doing stuff that makes him naturally amplified on top of the fact that he's just wildly talented. Mm-hmm. And Colin Johnson, I sort of plucked him um, out of Circus Center and said, you're a clown. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, no, you are. And he just be, he just blossomed into one of the best physical comedians I've ever seen anywhere. And he's also our soundscape designer. So he has, he's also a theater director. I mean, he, yeah. he directed the supers for us um, a few years ago and He's been with Awesome Theater as their artistic director for many years. But he's got a sense of the cartoon yeah, um, as, because he's also a filmmaker. And, um, and then Sharon Chow, oh, my God, I can't believe I got her. I mean, she was Sleeping Beauty in the Christmas Panto at the Presidio Theater, and I was Wanda the Wandering Fairy, and we shared a dressing table. And I just kept peeking over at her and going, there's something very goofy about her, and I don't know if she knows it. <laughs> and now um, she's not only brought a tremendous roundedness to this really crazy social worker character, but she um, she has some really standout amazing moments. She's a singer and she's a guitar player. And we sing a beautiful song together in the show. Um, so everyone ha- everyone is at the top of their game. Right. And they're really great. And what you want in a show like this is you want Everyone, you, I don't want the audience to have a favorite. I want them to be like, oh, my God, I love him the best. I love her the best. I love them the best. Um, because then you have the people on film. You've got George McGuire and Maureen McVary, who are probably inarguably two of the greatest actors this country's ever seen. And we just happen to have them in the Bay Area. Yeah. And then my, uh, my real life second mom, uh, Sharon Glass, who plays my crazy therapist on film in the show. So Sharon I'm, Glass from Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Yeah. Burn okay. notice. She's also every queer person's favorite mom from <laughs> Queer's Folk. She's Debbie Novotny. Um so and she's a great friend. So so all, all of them in this cast, I, I, if I were watching the show I wouldn't know where to look. I'd be overwhelmed by everyone. And then yeah. there's me who's a complete idiot in the middle of all of them. So.
0: <laughs> well, I've I've done quite a bit of work with Colin and I I really enjoyed all the things I did with him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. He he definitely does have a great sense of physical comedy. That is for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, it's fun. I've been able to
0: direct with direct him and act with him. And it's been, it was a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. I did not know that. I love it. It's such a small world, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Uh, so what can the audiences expect? It's, a, it's like a 70 hour, 70 hour, it's <laughs> it's 70 hours. hours. It's a week long. You come every day for now. No, it's 70 minute show. Is there, there's no I think it's
1: going to be closer to 80. 80, okay. Because we're adding some stuff that's really ridiculous and fun. It is a, um, it's a tilt-a-whirl. It's a ride. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of American and European clowning involves uh, some measure of audience participation, Mm -hmm. which I think really most audiences don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the best, the best audience participation bits I've seen are when the person is planted. We call that a stooge. We don't have any of that. We invite you to come into the theater, pull down the safety bar, you know, sit back and just be transported into this world, this fantastical world of tragic comedy. Um, So it is, I I like, that's what we're called Thrill Ride Mechanics. Our company's called Thrill because we feel like we're basically offering audiences thrill rides. We're offering them theatrical thrill rides. So that's what it'll be. The music is great. The the lighting is going to be spectacular. Um, And, you know, I wanted to sort of mention this because a big influence on this for me was the movie Rocket Man, which was about, of course, the life of Elton John. Yeah. I was really struck by that movie and how seamlessly they moved between the narrative, the real story and these fantasy sequences. And that's like, our show is like that. Like you have these very grounded moments where you were at a funeral or we're in a hospital. And the next minute you're being transported into this fantasy sequence about, you know, radiation therapy becomes shoot the freak. It becomes the game, shoot the freak like on the the island boardwalk, you know, a fantasy a surgery it's called surgery escape where you know you go through this the surgery that i had to have at one point and it's it's hysterical there's a chainsaw in it you know I'm getting, mm-hmm. i get i get chased by a chainsaw so there's all kinds of fantastical things like that and then you know um the comedy itself i think is really taut and really actually funny mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so it helps when the comedy is funny you know yeah that that is that's a plus as they say <laughs> so
0: what is fusion clowning I read something about Well,
1: fusion clowning is, um, I'm so glad that's so cool that you, not everybody reads the whole press release, you know, I appreciate that. Right. Fusion Clowning is, um, is a combination of of some of the stuff I I just spoke about. It's a, it's a combination of amplified or eccentric acting, uh, pure physical comedy and musical comedy. So, um, it's, it's, it's this, fusion of all of these things imagine sort of daffy duck doing a sondheim musical um on a spaceship uh, with showgirls you know it's that kind of thing i'm trying to bring these different elements together to create something that is as far away from ronald mcdonald um as possible okay more about the amplified human experience more than anything else
0: yeah so you're you're just basically fusing all these different modalities of performance into into one and and then i wish i had said that.
1: it like that <laughs> you said it a lot
0: better than i did so so the music tell me about the music
1: well we're using it's, it's really like a it's more of a soundscape mm-hmm. um, we're using a lot of different things and sort of if we're fusing those together too so you hear hearing little shades of a popular music that you know but in these sort of spurts and i get to sing a little bit Um, I'm sort of reworking a few lyrics here and there for different songs that I like, and you hear spurts of those. So you hear, you know, little bits of things. Um, but mostly it's, it's, um, it's like a, I don't know how to describe it exactly. This is where Colin would really be helpful. Um, in this, in this interview, um, it is almost like a sort of parade of, um, both diegetic sound Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have um Di marcello who's one of our clowns is a great foley artist and he can sound like a train and he can musicalize that sound um with his voice yeah oh so, neat. We, so we've put him we've actually tracked him because there's so much movement that like we don't we don't want him to have to struggle to make all those sounds while he's in motion mm-hmm. so it's tracked he's in he's part of the track and then the rest of the track is really it's a lot of sort of fusion of popular music and then some of it is just sounds that we okay. and, and sound effects that we've woven into them okay um, one of the numbers that's that's at the end is a number <laughs> i've been doing for a long time and i do have the rights to this um the <laughs> queen of the Night's aria from mozart's magic flute together with uh staying alive at double speed so Talk about fusion, and it's a wild sort of operatic lip sync act um, that is one of the end, ending numbers of the show. So it's it's a mishmash of all kinds of interesting sounds and shades of music that you recognize. Neat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just really into sound, so I was curious. Did, did was there any original composition, or, or did you use like uh, uh, like your own? Well, Cello is that his name? Yeah, yeah. His his voice, and then other other like either licensed or free to use music. Or did you have to create any new compositions?
1: Well, you know, down the line, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, down the line, what I'd really love to see happen, Ray, is I want to have a live band somewhere. Somewhere down the line when I can have a bigger production and I want a a completely original score. And I would love that, that score to be written by Rob Reich, Mm -hmm. who wrote the score to the supers and is now out on tour with um, Circus Bella um, as their band leader. Um, Yeah. So, so down the line, that's what I want to do for now. It's just, I'm, I'm fusing all this stuff together. um, And it's an interesting, it's just an interesting, very fantastical soundscape. Neat. Yeah, and
0: who did you say did the sound for you? Colin Johnson. Colin did. Okay, I mean, he's, yeah. he's
1: kind of a—he's our resident. Um, well, actually, our stage manager Annie Tillis has also worn a number of hats. All of us are wearing a number of hats. Yeah. But, you know, um, Colin is a, is a really brilliant sound soundscape designer. That's yeah. As yeah. well as video and film, he's also our filmmaker. So. Oh, the jack of all trades. Yeah, and master. <laughs>
0: so um, i'm not sure you'd be able to answer this but um what has been the most rewarding aspect of your career thus far is there a particular performance or collaboration or anything it's this it's this show
1: oh great yes and 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 the supers and and the next one we're going to do which is a a full-on cloud opera um which The Supers was too, which is, you know, basically pantomime and a full musical score, original score. But these two shows, which both got shoehorned in right before the pandemic hit and the lockdown happened, and then everything went dark and we've all been dark for three years. And so getting to reboot this is is the highlight of my career. The other part, the other thing that I remember and love dearly was getting to tour with Make-A-Circus when I first got to California in 1999. That little tiny circus, just going up and down the California coast into parks, you know. And I had this sort of crazy old lady character um, with a floppy dress and big hiking boots, you know. And there's just nothing like standing on stage mm-hmm. or in the ring and having people laugh at you especially little children and the thing about this show atomic is not for kids at all it is a very adult show there's a lot of profanity in it Mm -hmm. and a lot of references to all kinds of human experiences Mm -hmm. so it's not for anyone really under the age of 15 i would say but Mm -hmm. but it's a it's i'm just amazed that we've been able to put this back together and raise the money for it and and have it happen the way it's happening because i do think it's an important piece of you know, of theater. And it's a, it's a very interesting fusion. Um, You know, Jonathan Moscone, when he came to see the supers, literally said, you're creating a whole new form of theater, at least from what we know of this in this country, because the Europeans have been all about pantomime and clown and amplified humans and all that. But we have never embraced that here. Um, That's mostly what they do there.
0: I mean, I just got back and It was, it's hard to find like just a regular straight play.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Especially yeah, they
0: they do, know. but it's not it's 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 a it's the minority of, of the performances. I mean, most of, I went and saw a show in Paris that was um a combination. This is couple, they've been doing this show for seven years and it keeps evolving and it's perfect. It's incredible. It's a mixture of
1: mime and tango.
0: Oh,
1: that sounds fabulous. It,
0: it's incredible.
1: Wow. You know what Just I saw incredible. when I was in Paris? What? I did go to the Moulin Rouge. Ah uh, yeah. I went I couldn't believe the perfection of it. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Like I was like these have to be robots. These people the 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 whole can-can number. I can't believe they do two three shows a night sometimes. That's some serious dancing.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean they have a completely different uh you uh, know thing around all this. I mean they really they re- they'll work on something for years and years and years and years until it's absolutely perfect.
1: Well, and that's the thing I love about the work that I'm getting mm-hmm. to do now with this troupe mm-hmm. Thrill mechanics is made up of about 20 people. We are a collective. We are a collective of, you know, bouncing fools. Mm-hmm. And really, we are really dedicated to the the practice of precision physical comedy. And there's another line in the show where I say, you know, my old clown teacher, Paoli Lacey, used to say it takes 100 hours per minute to create precision physical comedy. 100 hours per minute and it's actually true it's really hard to do this and get it right and you have to be willing to just do it over and over and over again but such idiots that we don't mind you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) no no it's it's so true yeah um great well uh now let's see the show is playing when and where
1: um it opens we preview on friday uh, june 30th opening Mm -hmm. night is saturday july 1st then it runs july 6th 7th and 8th which is thursday friday saturday of the following week so it's only five performances Uh oh Um, and sharon Gless will be in town for closing night Mm -hmm. and she will probably be in the lobby the night before on july 7th to sign autographs and meet people and be everyone's Mm -hmm. queer mama um so so yeah it's and i i wish we could i wish we could extend the run but we are at z space which is the most in-demand performance space in the city right now yeah so, um there which is great because we yeah. need them and it's it's great to be in there so or we're on the main stage at z space which is 450 florida street it's right in the mission Petrero, like right on that line there's a starbucks around the corner yeah right spot is around the corner which is a great bar restaurant and um and yeah and the shows are all at eight o'clock but there's tickets on Gold Star there's also tickets at throughzspace.org so it's all there and just help us sell this out we we really want everyone to come and I, I want I really do want some LGBTQ teens to come see this show because um, there's so much going on right now with uh, this anti-gay legislation and I can't believe this ridiculous hysteric hysterical fear of drag queens um, oh Jesus I mean, it's really silly. And, you know, I, my friend Darcy Drolinger just became the nation's first drag laureate. And he and I've talked for so long about the, that clowning and drag are two sides of the same coin. It comes from the same place. It's the amplified human spirit. That's what it is. And, um, it can happen in so many different ways. So, um, it's I all know, politics.
0: I mean, they they know it's harmless. They know all that. They're just using it as a way to deflect from, you know, the real issues. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's sad because it's it's hurting a lot of people.
1: Well, and the teens are the ones who are in the center of my heart because I was yeah. a, a queer teen. And I remember and that was, you know, in the 1980s. So it was a different time period. And it was even more scary in a way because you really had to be careful who knew about that. But today, I just feel like with the, you know, all the advancements in technology and information and the Internet, plus all of this hate speech that's back again, um, that, you know, as my therapist likes to say, nothing has been the same since November 2016, you know. It's like we we we've entered this new era of of real um, crassness and and people believing that what they believe is the only reality. Um, yeah. That's a shame, because what happened to critical thinking? What happened to conversation? What happened to listening to each other and saying, well, why do you believe that? and And not having someone flip the board and go, I win and running away. So I could talk on and on about all this, right? But the yeah, we
0: could go on for another hour or two about that. I mean, but it's it's just awful. And I, this drag queen thing really upsets me.
1: Um, me too, because I you know I, I do drag myself, and I also love. I've myself. done drag. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: And I, you know,
1: How many people have done drag. It's a great thing. It's a it's a fabulous art form.
0: And it's so much fun. Oh my god. That's the
1: thing. Like I, I feel I, like we have to have more fun, and that's why I'm really pushing that people come and see this show because we only have these five performances because it does, it will leave you with a feeling of like you are one of the ones that are helping, you know, mm-hmm. let's be like what Fred Rogers says, be the people that are helping. Yes. So, yes. um Find, find your way through, find it through humor, find it through playing, you know, find it through sharing. I mean, part of being an atomic comic is that, you know, you're sort of indivisible within your group of comics. I mean, the people in this show are my family. They're my chosen family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's everything, right? That's everything. So that's the biggest lesson. and That's the biggest, you know, that's what this show is coded with. It's coded with that message of like, take your broken heart, make it into art and do it with your friends, find your chosen family, whether whoever they are and keep them close to you and, Make art, make pizzas, make su- hot fudge Sundays, you know, <laughs> run through the fields together, go camping, laugh, <laughs> sing songs, you know, raise guinea pigs, whatever you want to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm doing this weekend. I'm gonna go camping with my uh my friend from high school and college. Well, and we're great. and we're gonna climb half dome.
1: Oh <gasps> wait, you told me about that. That's right. Well, yeah. you be careful, Ray.
0: Well, I did it nine months ago. It was fine. I'm oh, okay, good. Yes, yeah, so I'm doing it again. Where are you from originally, Sarah? Jersey <laughs> I mean, you came out here. Okay. I, yeah. yeah,
1: I'm a very proud Jersey tomato. Um, but I, but I also am very, I'm a very, I'm very deeply San Francisco. I am a, yeah. to my core. I'm a San Franciscan. I mean, our, my hometown baseball team was the Phillies and I like them, but my heart is with the giants. I'm like, a yeah, bananas
0: yeah bananas. me too. I, yeah, I was, them. I was born and raised here myself. So,
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I would love to have been born <laughs> and raised here. Having Jersey in my past makes me gothic, you know? Um,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you.
1: It's always thanks great talking so much. to you. Are you gonna come yeah. to the show? Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll okay, be there. Great. Yeah. All right, lovely. Thanks. Thank you for all this. And I'll 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 come scuttling out after the show and, and give you a big hug. Okay, great. All right, all right. thanks, Ray.
0: Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I really enjoyed speaking with Sarah, and I hope to have her on the show again soon. Hey, if you like this podcast, and I really, I really mean this, it would help a lot if you would go into Apple Podcasts and uh, give me a rating, or, or any of your podcasting platforms, give me a rating and a review. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, just send an email to greenroomonair at gmail.com love to talk to you well that's it for this week and uh remember take care of one another and uh i will see you on the boards much love take care